Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Hi everyone, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. Welcome to the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I am your host and GM, Helen Gould, and with me today I have... Ben Meredith. Imogen Harris. Lydia Nicholas. Ah, little Timmy Meredith! Yep. Everyone else managed to do it normally. <laughs> <laughs> that that is Timmy. normal for Tim, though. It is. But I just wanted to make it fun for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically I guess that's, that's my job. No, I'm the only one that's allowed to make things fun for everyone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. So... This is our Halloween special, and we are playing a game called Beautiful Space Pirates. Although the actual title, as written on the sheet, is Beautiful Space Pirates in the Galaxy's Most Dangerous Funeral. 
And this is obviously a Grant Howitt game, as I think you probably will have assumed just from that title. I'm going to read you the blurb that he has put on the little sheet. Mm -hmm. You are a beautiful space pirate. Terrible and wonderful news. You are attending the funeral of the great space pirate Balthazar Germain. And he's written you into his will. You and your friends, who are all also in his will, rub shoulders with the galaxy's most devil-may-care scoundrels, who all also happen to be mentioned in the will, and prepare for his spectacular send-off. It's got that how it stank all over it. It does, it does. (laughs) It's got his manky little hands in there. (laughs) If you would like to play this game, it's over on his Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash G-S Howitt, which is spelt... Mostly how you'd expect, but it's got two T's at the end. We're going to do some character creation. Also, I've never played this before, and this is Imogen's first time playing a role-playing game at all. Right? Yay! (laughs) I'm very excited to be here and everything's going to go fine. (laughs) It will! I think it is. I think it is. Right, so, to do the character creation, we're going to do name, stats, two different abilities... Touchstones, which is like something or someone that you have a special connection to. And then after that, you've got like two different pick one. And there's one ability that you can do once per scene. And there's another ability that you can do once per session. Mm. Okay. So let's start with Ben, because I know Ben at least has a name already in mind. Yes, it's terribly derivative. (laughs) That's okay. Ben, tell us your name. Uh, My name is Bathin Galactonium. The sexiest space pirate to ever pirate in space. Sounds like a arch to me. Are we we supposed to recognise that? If you listen to Stella Stella Firma, oh oh, now we see, now we see who listens and who doesn't. Oh, okay, well, well, well. To be fair, Lydia is the only one who hasn't been on Stella Firma. Yeah, well, 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 maybe if she listened. <laughs> it upsets me. <laughs> That's I the want point. Never seven to be okay. It is quite we all upsetting. Do. <laughs> ben, yes. you can assign a D6, a D8, and a D10 to three stats, okay. which are daring, handsome, and vicious. Can you tell me what you've done for each of those? So, s- staying true to what we perceive of Bathin, I'm going to go with a D10 in handsome. Very sexy. Very I'm going to go with a D8 in daring. Because I love adventure, but not as much as I love being handsome. <laughs> a D6 in Vicious, because I am a kind, kind individual who will definitely take David Seven into my loving embrace. Stop writing Aww. plot. It's please. quite also given that I'm Bathin now and David Seven, this is extremely masp- masturbatory. I'm like, yeah, oh, I love sure. myself. Oh, it's great. Podcasting being Are masturbatory. Are we allowed to say no masturbatory? Idea. I mean, surely masturbatory is fine. If it's Let's not just it... beat out somebody who said thought something much worse. Let's say enough time so they have to keep in masturbatory. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy! Sorry, sorry. Coincidentally, my character's name is... No. (laughs) (laughs) Masturbatory Jones. (laughs) That would be incredible. No. So the once per scene abilities are determine exactly what an NPC wants right now, work out what an NPC is most afraid of, find a chandelier in a beneficial location, find a laser flintlock or declare that one malfunctions, find a rope, rigging or crane apparatus. Find a window or airlock in a useful location. 
Tell us a useful fact about this alien's culture. I think I am going to determine exactly what an NPC wants right now. Okay. That is wonderful. Spoiler, it's always a snog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe a duel to the death and then a snog. Mm. (laughs) A snog to the death. Oh, yeah, actually. Oh, that is is the wrong... Wrong way around. There yeah. is no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Stop following the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, what is your once possession ability you can choose from? Declare an NPC is madly in love with you. Recruit a space ghost with neo-spiritualism rituals. <laughs> Trigger a Mexican standoff in your favour. Find a party happening nearby. You're invited. <laughs> Find a friendly NPC in a useful position. Nice. <laughs> 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 Find an unattended vessel just when you need one. Channel your sorcerous ancestry into a star spell. I think find a party happening nearby. You're invited. And now I need you. Yes. To roll a dice to pick your touchstone. You need to roll 2d12. 2d12. Ah, that's what it says cool i've got them might be oh no, wait no, no. no that gives you that just gives you two different touchstones that you will have uh-huh. so in this very short system what that means is that you can use one of these touchstones to get out of danger okay so you can say it, it, in a miraculous turn of events i am rescued by for the audience again i'm going to quickly read out the touchstones So we've got Abernathy Towers, your stern but loving mentor, mostly robotic. Siracio Kingson, a beautiful space prince with literal emerald eyes. Amaranth Nine, an embodied ship's computer in the form of a shifting hologram. Terpsichore's Vaunt, a star skimmer that's been in your family for generations. An orbital pleasure satellite stolen from the bad-tempered king of Jupiter. A hat so beautiful it was for a time the de facto (laughs) ruler of the moon. Grant! Oh, <laughs> King Hat. Incredible. Clara Bell 003, a time traveling, I'm going to say private detective. Yeah. And your on again, off again paramour. Uh, oh, f- <laughs> Kinesthelesian, a crystal horse that you've ridden since you were a child. He can talk. <laughs> Audacious Fandango, galactic mountebank and interstellar highway person. Giselle Fleur de Lis. Rampant space wizard. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Castor Wolfowl, pan galactic daguerreotypist and canny muckraker. And finally, Sinestra Deathwine, reformed, supervillain, and excellent kisser. Okay, let's have a look what I've got. So let's see which two you get. I have four and ten. So four is Terpsichore's Vaunt, a star skimmer that's been in my family for generations. And number yes. ten is Giselle Fludeli, the rampant space wizard. <laughs> just a rampant wonderful <laughs> rampant rampant indeed so that is oh do you want to give us any physical description of your character uh yes okay uh right you can just say they're very handsome Bath if you want galactonium <laughs> is uh, incredibly handsome with king charles ii's <laughs> hair <laughs> but that his hair, actual hair yeah, 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 he yeah. stole it from King Charles II, uh, time traveling back, <laughs> having a, a real sexy party and then making off with his wig. Um, but he's dyed it a deep azure blue. And let's say his skin is uh, the green of the deep sea. Oh. 
There Beautiful. We go. Mm, he's so silty. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> and, and he nice. is wearing whatever you want him to, baby. <laughs> Unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> he's also in a boiler suit for some reason. <laughs> I mean, if you want him to be in a boiler suit, he'll be in a boiler suit. He's pretty hot. <laughs> literally very hot. <laughs> yeah, quite warm. For those of us not viewing this on the, on the recording that's also being made, we're wearing costumes that may or indeed may not relate to our characters. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia, why don't we have you next? Can you tell me the name of your character? Spinglewall Taysthorpe. <laughs> is that spingle wall or spingle wald wald excellent i'm gonna write that down in case i forget <laughs> it would be awkward if you forgot your own name yes what stats would you like spingle wald is uh, incredibly daring so they can have a d10 in that uh-huh they are going to be incredibly handsome yes so a d8 in that and uh, only a little bit vicious because they rarely need to be. They're so handsome and so oh, daring. Uh, D6 in that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And which two abilities would you like to pick? Spinglewald can find a chandelier in a beneficial location. And he can declare an NPC madly in love with him. Wonderful. Yeah, Everybody does. It's the eye stalks. <laughs> well i mean to be fair you can declare that anybody's in love with you can't you you could just <laughs> yeah they don't have to it. agree like <laughs> that's true maybe that's maybe, maybe that isn't as useful <laughs> maybe that isn't as useful as it looks i'm i'm gonna say yeah, they, they mean well, accurately declare that somebody's in love that, with them. that's it just down seems to Helen, bit, i suppose yeah yeah you know what? It is down to me, yeah. and I'm going to use that to my advantage. So, can you roll 2d12 for me for your touchstones? I can indeed. It's a seven. Clarabelle, the time-traveling private detective, uh, and my on-again, off-again paramour. Mm-hmm. And uh, 11, cast a wolf howl. Pangalactic daguerreotypist. What does that mean? And canny muckraker. I think a daguerreotypist like a is someone photograph, who... photograph, isn't it? Yeah, they make daguerreotypes, which is uh, an old-timey kind of mm. photograph. Ooh. As far as I can remember. That's Ooh, useful, thank you. Just, I think this game is being <laughs> willfully anachronistic. I'm sorry, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not sure that this is... Oh, sorry, continue. Well, Tim, I'm doing you next. So, uh, what's your name? Uh, my name is Erogenous Rakewell. <laughs> And I do okay. rake well, that is. <laughs> so you come some sort of farmer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The sexiest farmer you ever did see. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, as as my name suggests, I am I am a rake, which means I'm I'm daring most of all. So I'm going to put my uh, my D10 in daring. Okay. I'm going to put my my D8 in handsome. You know, like, not to everyone's taste, but there's a certain charm there. <laughs> And you know what? I don't think my character is, is is all that vicious. I think they're, you know, selfish, maybe. Actively vicious, no. I, I think we're going to have Very trouble much. in fights, aren't we? We're all just be like, <laughs> I'm gorgeous. It's not helpful, but I am. We'll just be like, not the face, not the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just fighting, like, from the waist down and then just, just leaning their bodies back. Just kicking each other in the shins. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? I am very down for different ways of conflict resolution that do not include fighting, though. So, you know. Yeah. Kissing no it problem. is. Kissing it is. <laughs> <laughs> extended yes, it is. Ki- Alex isn't here. Extended audible kissing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lydia so your two abilities, your once per scene and your once per session abilities. I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with finding a laser flintlock or declaring that one malfunctions, because I, I enjoy the sort of buccaneering the buccaneering feel of that. I like the idea, sorry, just very quickly, that it's like declaring someone is in love with you. That's not necessarily accurate. Like, that yes. flintlock doesn't work. Uh, yeah. Bang. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Grant's, Grant's being very broad with the use of the word declare. Yes, as, as he usually as is. Usually. The only real way he knows how to communicate. It's true. But, uh, <laughs> it's true. Yes, yes, yes. A declarative monog- your- mono- monogalist, monogalist, monologue man. Um, yes. <laughs> then... <laughs> and what's possession? Well, because I really enjoy, I really enjoy the one trigger a Mexican standoff in your favour, partly because it's going to feel like it fits in, but it also sounds like a monopoly when there's like a bank error in your favour. Like you turn over a card <laughs> and go, ooh, Mexican standoff in my favour, £15. <laughs> so I'm going to go with trigger a Mexican standoff in your favour. Okay, although... Just to check with the rest of you, isn't a Mexican standoff where yeah. everyone has a gun on everyone else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was just I don't know how that. it could be in my favour. The point is, it's in no one's We'll have to figure that out if it happens. I think you could potentially also generalise it to sort of like any sort of like um, broadly no. equal conflict, uh, but it could be only, like only Mexican standoff. No, and also, I mean, does he mean declare a Mexican standoff in his favour? No, <laughs> oh, no, I've true. won this one, that's you true. guys. I've won it. Put your guns down. You're dead. <laughs> well, you could you could have like a Mexican standoff happens. I've got guns, but everyone else just has bananas. So it is a Mexican standoff, but it is in my favour. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have figure to that out. Um, we need my touchstones, don't we? We do. Please roll two d12. Right. I borrowed d12. Okay, so my first one is two, which is Seratio. Kingston, beautiful space prince with literal emerald eyes, and I'm going to decide now live my ex-lover. And uh, I had to leave because the I just kept stealing the eyes and selling them. It was very tense. <laughs> um, just had to go down the nearest pawn shop constantly. Exactly, and then to the nearest pawn shop. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> Uh, and the other one is number four, uh, Terpsichore's Vaunt, a star skimmer that's been in uh, your family for generations. That might mean that you and Bathin are related because you <laughs> both have Terpsichore's well, I'll, Vaunt. Well, I'll keep insisting that it's called the Erogenous Zone and uh, Bathin hates that because <laughs> it's already got a name. <laughs> Everybody, get in the Erogenous Zone. No, please, will you stop it? <laughs> I'm just going to ride this convenient chandelier. It seems less awful. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. And finally, Imogen. What would you like to be called? I'm going to be the Countess underscore star cluster. (laughs) Incredible. Uh, Is that that underscores in the punctuation? No, just that's her name. But all the other countesses (laughs) were taken. So she had to like... It's a game attack. Yeah. (laughs) Countess underscore what? Star cluster. Star, star cluster. cluster. Also, actually, space station? No, star cluster. Go with your first instinct. You, you're you're going to be fine at this. You're going to get right in there. And what stats would you like? Okay, I'm going to go vicious as my D10, because why not? Look at the instinctive balance. Countess. She knows games. She knows games. This is lies. <laughs> Daring as my D8 and handsome as my D6. So I'll be the uggo of the group. <laughs> 
We're all medium handsome. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and you know what? It is all in the eye of the beholder, is it not? <laughs> right. What would you like your once per scene ability to be? Okay. Uh, find a rope or an airlock in a useful location, because I think I get to decide what useful means. It could be You've in the middle of my enemy. Too. You mean you mean a window <laughs> or an airlock? Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I've got an eye patch on, and it's really hard to read the screen. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You just can't Why tell how far bright. away it is. <laughs> Wonderful. And what's your once per session one? Uh, once per session, I am going to... Find a friendly NPC in a useful... Oh, no, we've had that one. In a useful position. Has someone picked that? Uh, no. Nope. Excellent. We've had find a party, but not an NPC. If you have enough friendly NPCs, it's always a party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their useful like location is party or on a chandelier. <laughs> no! She's broken the game! <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I'm all up for breaking this game. I don't want to break it. Grant won't mind. Can you all do 2D12 for me to find out what your touchstones are? Nine and eight. Okay, so that is Audacious Fandango. Excellent. Oh, I'm so glad that we're able to use that name. And oh, the one that I hated. Kinesthesian. Oh, I've always wanted a pony. Yes. I call him Kinney for short because he's my childhood talking horse. Perfect. <laughs> How does he feel Are you about sure everyone? you want to call him Kinney? <laughs> Why does that mean something? How does he feel about everyone continually mispronouncing his name? Very angry. <laughs> In you rage. won't believe how this furious this crystal horse is. And faintly aroused. <laughs> That's what makes him so dangerous. <laughs> Rampant. I've also just realised that I didn't ask any of the rest of you apart from Ben what you look like. Um, <laughs> Spinglewald, what do you look like? Spinglewald is three foot tall has 12 legs and uh, eye stalks a foot long and he is incredibly handsome. Lovely. Just so handsome. Sparkly and purple. That's the actual actual body colour and their trousers, which are intensely complicated. (laughs) 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 Are are an azure an azure grey. Which is Lovely. a colour that uh, Spinglewald Taysthorpe's species can see, but humans can't. <laughs> That's fine. That's good. That'll be great for the fan art. <laughs> I've already forgotten how many legs I said, so I'm going to say that it's not static. Oh, okay. Which is why the trousers are so complicated. Oh, as you move, do they kind of ooze out the front of you and every, then recede? Every ah. time that they shed their skin, it's uh, random. How often do they shed their skin? Uh, pretty often. Convenient so, moments, I guess. Whenever the occasion calls for it. Yeah. If you're ever really scared, you you go up, your skin stays there. You know, it's great. Yeah. A very important question based on that. Do your trousers, like, shift and adapt to grow new legs? Or do you just have, like, a load of empty, unused leg sockets just in case? And then one, one just gently fills up. It's, it's actually... That that was really how technology developed on, on the Taysthorpe species planet, mm. was the need for adaptive trousers. Sure. Uh, so, so Intense all of our... modesty in the planet combined with a very... 
very uncertain yeah. body shape. That would make oh, it. Oh, we're, we're immodest. We're just very stylish. Oh, these are sure, immodest sure. trousers. So lots of spandex and oh, lycra okay. type materials. <laughs> they are immodest. They are so big, <laughs> So are they just multi leg yes. chaps? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so many legs. Let's but move on. No ass. Let's move on from <laughs> the chaps. Assless space chaps. <laughs> no, erogenous, erogenous, tell me what you look like. Yeah, quickly, just make this less horny. So, okay, so in sort of like body shape and type, a little bit like Noel Coward in in Private Lives, sort of, not like not like a hunk, but just sort of like a rakish figure. Um, and you know that sort of Trim. purple velveteen quilted smoking jacket fabric where it's like those diamonds with studs? Yeah. It's like that, but that's my skin. Like that is just all of my skin is like quilted, quilted velvet smoking jacket material. You're like a walking sofa. Exactly, exactly. I'm just so Wonderful. comfy. Sometimes if I'm sat down, people think I'm a stylish throw and I have to tell them to get off me. <laughs> and Countess underscore, what do you look like? Uh, she's very tall and bald and old and scaly and sleek. I hope that clears everything Lovely. up for you. <laughs> yeah. It does. That's perfect. It's like a human. Okay. Yeah, you know, like a human. You know, like a human. Yeah. In you a know. normal way that a human would normally describe themselves. Just like a sleek, bald human, you know. Yeah. Scaly. scaly. With scales. Like a human. All right. So we have all of our characters. I'm now going to attempt to look at the system. I'm not good at systems, even when they are only three paragraphs long. Right. So... When you attempt a risky action and the outcome is in doubt, so I imagine that's going to happen quite a lot, you have to roll the appropriate dice, i.e. whether it is daring or handsome or vicious, Mm -hmm. and compare it to the task number determined by the GM. And uh, the task number for a trifling or momentary concern is four, for a challenging or extended task is eight, or a grand endeavour indeed is 12. Oh, goodness. So if you equal or beat the number of whichever level of difficulty it is then you achieve your task if you roll under it then you have to add one to your peril score technically it also says lower the task number by one but i'm not sure how i would apply that because then that would make the whole game easier and i'm not sure well, that's that's no, the point no, because for you that get specific peril. thing then you can keep retrying it ah, right? for that specific so it's like thing. oh we, we've got Wonderful. to get through this airlock oh no but it's the difficulty is 12 and none of us are handsome enough to roll that high <laughs> so we just roll three times and it and lower the thing and keep losing our paramours you know and also it's, Assumedly, okay. because our maximum uh, dice roll is 10, so when we're doing something that's a grand endeavour, that's true. You're getting two perils. Ah, so, like, it's the just balance. It's just the balance. Like, you can't do anything like that without peril. Mm. Wonderful. Now, the higher your peril score, the more potential danger you're in. If you ever roll a dice that's equal to or less than your peril, then you're in danger in capital letters. <gasps> capital? Da, da, da. You have, yeah. You have to get rescued. However, you can lose one of your touchstones to get out of danger and reduce your peril to zero. You'll have to narrate a tearful farewell scene. And if a shared touchstone is lost, all characters who share it will reduce their peril to zero and escape danger, but they all lose it. So that ship's exploding. Tim and Ben. That ship is exploding. Yes. That ship is gone. Yes. That's the, it's, but I couldn't yeah. afford to lose my erogenous zone. <laughs> <laughs> It's extremely important. Yeah. 
I was given it to by my family, apparently. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. Now, um, does that make sense to everyone? Yes. Just about. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, Imogen? Let's say yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I barely understand it myself because I just, I see a rule and my eyes glaze over. <laughs> lawful good, Helen. This is how she maintains lawful good. Doesn't yeah. know the laws. <laughs> Can't break them if you don't know them. No. Now, I'm going to tell you what the actual mission is. So, Balthazar Germain's will came with bizarre stipulations and only one crew can claim the majestic reward. Now, Grant says to roll to see what's required to get the reward, but this is a Halloween special, so I have chosen that you're going to survive a night in a haunted space station. And that's what we're going to be doing today. And I think we're probably going to take a break there. And when we come back... We will arrive and see what's happening on the space station. Yay! How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And welcome back. So, the four of you are getting along on your spaceship, we'll call your... In fact, you're probably using... uh, The Terpsichore's Vault. Terpsichore's Vault. To get to the haunted space station in order to get your inheritance. Would any of you like to do anything before you get there? Well, obviously, while flying this ship, I am just uh, lazily reclining on the chaise lounge, which is, of course, the pilot's chair. Of course, <laughs> naturally. Mm. Are, there, are there fights over who gets to be in the captain's chair? Uh, <laughs> I think we've all brought our own captain's chairs. Yes. <laughs> we've lined them up on the bridge. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I've got a captain chandelier. <laughs> Just swinging. Wonderful. I've got one for me and one for my crystal horse that talks. <laughs> I forgot about the horse. Yeah, I mean, I assume he's with me at all times. Is that? Have yeah. I misunderstood yeah. that? He must be. It's like, a very crowded bridge. I completely forgot that you were bringing your own NPCs. <laughs> so, in, in addition to you, we've also got Giselle, mm-hmm. Seratio. Audacious Fandango, the horse. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kinesthesian. Hang on, so I've got two. I've got the horse and I've got Audacious yeah, yeah. Fandango with me. At Everyone's got all two. times. Yeah. Jesus. Everyone's yeah. got two except for Ben and Tim who share a ship. Ah, yeah, okay. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> very hard done by. We also have Clarabelle, the private detective, yep. and Castor Wolfhound. Yep. So you're all on the, uh, whatchamacallit? The, the bridge? Yeah, the erogenous I zone, I assume. Uh, the bridge of the Terpsichore's vault, the erogenous zone, correct. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, 
and you get uh, 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 communication coming through like a beepity beep a message someone is calling your phone wait your ship not your phone someone your answer phone the ship. ship could you get that ship please <laughs> pick up the erogenous zone <laughs> Is anyone going to answer the communications? It's coming from the haunted space station. Erogenous Rakewell will. Hello. Ah, yes, hello. Are you the uh, the Terpsichore's crew coming in? Absolutely not. You've got through to the crew of the Erogenous Zone. I'm Erogenous <laughs> Rakewell, Captain. Oh, well, I have your name down, but it says that your ship is called Terpsichore's Voice. I'm very sorry. What he means is, yes, you have got through to the crew of the Terpsichore's Voice. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. I I am Castiel Germain, the husband of the unfortunately very late Balthazar. I just wanted to, you know, touch base, wish you some good luck. I mean, the others are here already, but that's fine. Uh, uh, Once you're all here, then the timer will start. And yes, yes, looking forward to seeing you all. Nah, yes. <laughs> Just to let you know, uh, in order to get the uh, the inheritance, at least three of you need to survive. So you know, you can you can you can lose one, but three minimum. All right. Yes. My good, my good person. Could I inquire as to why we might lose one of our exalted crew here? Could, could we not make this a, a fun and relaxing time in a haunted space station? Well, it could be, but you know, the the the, the station is full of, you know, the, the space demons. Are they... Uh, they can be quite... Friendly quite demons? Dangerous. Could they be kind, friendly friend demons? Yes. Are they handsome yeah, demons? Well, We're yeah. all very handsome. Hands- mm. Well, I've never seen one. We can have a makeout session. If you want, but you know, the space demons or, or spemans, if you prefer. Oh, I'd, uh, I'd rather not. Of- <laughs> I'd rather not if it was I a don't. choice. <laughs> I don't prefer. I do. Mm. Spemans, very good. Yes, excellent, excellent word to describe. Get a load of these spemans. So, you know, there's a. I've been involved in some of the, 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 the academic discussions about where they've come from, but you know, the, the prevailing theory is that the, they're remnants of, uh, you know, the old, the old gods that got forgotten by various civilizations and planets that have been blown up or extinct and all of that, you know. Mm. And, you know, they were wandering the vacuum of space and uh, made this space station their home. So, you know, good luck with that. Seems a bit rude of us to bust in while still alive. Without an invitation. Exactly. Well, that's the will. I don't know what to tell you. Balthazar, uh, <laughs> you know, uh. he was like that. He was always had these, uh, these wacky schemes. I mean, I do want all of Balthazar's jewels. I'll just have to make it up to these spemans somehow. Well, you can do what you like as long as you all survive. That's fine. Um, but, you know, because the other crews are there, they also yeah. are getting the inheritance. I don't know if there'll be some some conflict, but hopefully not. I mean, we'll see. I'm sure we'll be able to uh, persuade everybody else to scoot off. Leave the Speemans to us. We have been known to be uh, rather persuasive. Just keep elbowing everybody in the side. Just like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And nodding, nodding furiously. Don't know what these... People are talking about they don't even have eye stalks. Oh, we all love a good eye stalk, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, see you in a mo. <laughs> bing bing. Ta ta. Uh, he he, well, <laughs> he seemed fun. nice and not at all portentous. I don't think. I think we're all going to rather enjoy our time in this haunted space station. Yes. 
Sounds lovely. Yeah, perfectly standard. Anyway, I'm going to go make out with Serato Kingston for 20 more minutes. Goodbye. Head off to the side chamber. (laughs) (laughs) Ahead of you, the space station looms larger. It doesn't look to be in the best of repair, presumably because only the Speemans live there. (laughs) Really committing to Speemans, though. (laughs) I hate it. That's what I've got written so down. Speemans is locked in. Mm. I'm sorry, I can't let you change Speemans, um, Dave. You know, it's pretty big. It's quite a perhaps what you'd call rustic. Like it's not, it's not modern. It looks like it was made. It's, what? It's a, a rustic space, space station. station, like a really 14th century spaceship. Yeah, you know? yeah. lots of rococo and it's a real you know. pastoral space station. Yeah, you know, crown molding that sort Original of thing. Original hardwood floors exactly. throughout, like Hobbit-like airlocks. So the kind yeah. of place you would see in a museum. <laughs> You can see that there are three other spaceships already in the docking bay. One of them is a very flashy gold colour. One of them is purple and black with, it looks like, several kinds of, uh, what would you call, disco balls. Disco (laughs) balls on it. There's not, when you were searching for a word... That was not the word I was expecting. <laughs> the space station has got, has got you know, you know, uh, d- disco balls. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, I feel foolish for not cutting in and telling you. On the outside of it. <laughs> yeah, they're tucked away. That's the spaceship, yeah. not the space station. Uh, and the third one looks completely ordinary. What is ordinary in this context? <laughs> no disco balls. <laughs> no disco balls. And it's a normal colour. It's azure grey, maybe. Yeah. At least Atrocity Hand Hammer hasn't arrived yet. No, that would be awful. That that Hand Hammer, he's a cad and a bounder, and I won't have him. I tell you, I won't have him. Has he even asked you? Oh my god. Okay. Oh, Atrocity Hand Hammer. Right. I'm glad that you've just made... I already have a list of NPCs, thank you very much. A trusty hand hammer, he <laughs> hammers for hands. That can, that's his... <laughs> that's, that's his thing. A stepbrother of Dr. Magnet Hands, I suppose. <laughs> a descendant in a long line of the hand... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Something's... <laughs> okay. Uh, would you like to do anything else before you also dock alongside... The ships. Just uh, have a very quick extra makeout session with Serato Kingston. And then Thank you for letting <laughs> us know about that. Just just so you're aware. I'm going to pose for some pictures for Castor Wolf Alley. Uh, very dashing. <laughs> uh, Countess underscore, how are you getting on? Pretty good, although my two touchstones keep fighting with each other, so oh. I don't know what the base that's. <laughs> Jealousy or simmering sexual tension between audacious Fandango and the horse. Um, so <laughs> they're just forever, you know, telling me <laughs> the other one said. Is audacious Fandango also <laughs> equine? No, he's, well, a galactic mountain bank and interstellar highway person. That doesn't mean it can't be a kind of horse. Not a horse. <laughs> you can't horse. have two horses. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just checking. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, what? Instead, it sounds much more fun than having two humans. Well, I've already got one horse. Can I have two? Oh, yeah, okay. They're both horses. He's an international <laughs> interstellar highway horse. He actually rides a big human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, tremendous. Wonderful. <laughs> and also, because it's not explained, we must assume that if one's a crystal horse and the other one has a... It's just a regular horse. <laughs> just a regular just, yeah. flesh horse. A flesh horse. <laughs> regular, but excuse me, could I have a regular flesh horse, please? <laughs> okay, you dock. Nice. <laughs> As you disembark, you see the three other crews, and I'm going to tell you who these other crews are now. Crew the first, led by Fingledan Parsimonious, a notorious posh fence, and his gang of space noble smugglers. <laughs> do we mean an actual fence? <laughs> I take it we do in this context mean a literal fence. Yeah, it was yeah, a bigot yeah. fence. <laughs> <laughs> but sentient. <laughs> Where's an eye stalk atop each, you know, post of yeah. the sort of like, he kind of, they can't, they no, kind of just side I've actually got a lot more respect for, he's a fence because, than any of you without eye stalks. He's a fence because he deals in stolen goods. But he's also a fence. No, but, no, 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 he's descended from spiders. Oh, he's spiders. Oh. <laughs> and he has oh, right, a different okay. pair of shades on each set of his eyes. Who is also a fence. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Imogen. That's what we're all thinking. Fine. He is descended from wooden spiders. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a horrible mannequin spider fence. Brilliant. Yep. Good. Uh, Good, good, good. Don't don't give in to us, Harry. (laughs) This way, madness like I could do with some madness. And his crew are Trevelanior, who has hovering eyeballs around their head. Bruschetta, who has a double-headed tail. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Yurtle with a golden visor, atrocity hand hammer with hammers for hands, <laughs> and Chad, who is robot royalty. The second crew. <laughs> so many characters. I have dug a very big hole for myself because I got carried away last night. <laughs> <laughs> the second crew is Ra Ra Spingle Spangle. <laughs> Beautiful. Bloody hell. Hang on, they're on the ship with the disco balls, right? I'm just, yes! So I'm keeping up. God, okay. I'm funny! Okay, yeah. so... <laughs> Wait, is this is, is this a Bodie M themed ship? Ra, ra, spingle, spang. Have they flown from Eurovision <laughs> to be at the funeral yeah. directly? Yeah. So... Ra, ra, spingle, spangle is a dilettante and nightclub owner. She has brought her all-woman band, the Mysterious Proto-Stars, and she has prosthetic arms that are covered in jewels. Her crew are Diamond, who you can tell because she's always in a massive cloak, Venus, who hovers, Livia, who has knives and nails, and Amara, who has three mouths. And finally, this is my favourite, there is Captain Capricious Sun, whose friends call them Capri. Uh, I think sorry, I think my internet's broken. I can't can't continue. <laughs> they are a space cowboy slash centaur and former rival of Balthazar because space cowboys and space pirates are constantly fighting. They have brought all of their centaur buddies. Their crew are Sundi, who is a bear centaur. <laughs> oh, no. Hang on, which way round? Oh, that point. is a good point. <laughs> Bare bottom horse top. Bare bottom horse top. <laughs> so unbalanced. I will, I will leave that up to the audience's imagination. 
So the class Sundi, who is a bear centaur, Lilt, who is a moose centaur, and Dainy Burdock, who is a squid centaur. Okay, wait, 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 and wait. So, so, so when we say centaur, do we mean half horse, half whatever the animal is, or half whatever the animal is, half human? Because the moose centaur. Just a centaur, it's just a moose. Well, it's it's a moose, but it's got like a really shaggy top, but a very soft. I've been using half humanoid, half random animal. Okay, so so sure. this is just an extra tall scent, right? Okay, okay. So then the bear is going around with it's just basically a skinny human, and then just like big fluffy legs. Other question: What way round yeah. is it? Do we have a human top and a moose body, or just a pair of human legs and a big moose? I think <laughs> the legs like, constantly struggling with the weight of this massive moose. Well, no, no, no. It's a human of equivalent size, which means it is the most horrifyingly hench pair of legs that you have ever had the no. pleasure to see. No shorts can contain. Or the bear one. I can just yeah. I can imagine like basically the bear front part of the body, and then these like two tiny human legs dangling out the back. <laughs> just like constantly <laughs> hands. Yeah, or, yeah. or, and I, I think this is what we should spend the rest of the episode no! talking about. So you know how no! with the centaur, no, 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 no. it's got all four horse legs and then a human body. <laughs> Does that mean with the bear, it's got the bear arms and then out of where the neck is, it's a full human from the waist up. Timothy! So it's bear legs, arms. Timothy, stop it! <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. Just more like a bear to feed. The human bear to feed. Right. Oh no. <laughs> they have humanoid tops and animal bottoms. Okay. <laughs> right. Give you an I animal bottom. <laughs> Hang on. So I don't want to just go on for this forever. But the squid. <laughs> Please do. Yes. Is it? Okay, but the back end of the squid is just the mantle. So is this a mantle of a squid with a human stuck in it? Oh, that's true. Because tentacles, tentacles are the front, are the front of it. What? <laughs> so it's what? Where it's like a mill. lives. Well, because its its tentacles are its mouth. Mm. And kind of. Uh, are we basically yeah. talking Ursula uh, the sea witch, which is a massive, huge mantle? <laughs> Sort of flopping a bit. Yeah, so this is a human occasionally oh. walking on its hands. No, like just wet no, it's ends. a person with tentacles. <laughs> okay, so it's an it's an, it's it's an Ursula yeah. kind of okay. situation. <laughs> yes. I, although I like the idea if we do the mantle, it's just it's human legs, no upper limbs, and just the mantle of a squid <laughs> running about, <laughs> buffing into things because it has no eyes. You know, people will draw this band. I do, and I did, and that's why. <laughs> right. We're counting on you, people. Those are the crews. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would any of you like to interact with any of the crews? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Christ! <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> Jesus. Erogenous <laughs> um, er- turns to Bathin. You cannot be saying we have to spend all night with these upsetting specimens surely not no inheritance is worth that none I say I think I think I think all of Germain's jewels are probably Ah. worth it atrocity hammer hands as I Ah, live and breathe Baffin my old chum well you've fallen far haven't you what happened to your ship drive it into a sun again oh burn no it was a moon (laughs) and you know what I like it better with old parsimonious old parsimony old Ah. <laughs> I'll have 
you know, it. way better ship than I ever had before. And actually, you know, more loot. Turns out... Well, I suppose... When you work with people who know what they're doing, you get a lot of money. Well, since you well, were captain that of that like? previous ship, that does make sense. You know what? I'm called ham- Hand Hammer for a reason, and I do still use these hands as hammers. So maybe you want to back off a little bit. <clears throat> I'm going to smush your head. Save it for the Speeman's atrocity. <laughs> I will. going to kill all the Speeman's. Then I'm going to get the... Inher- uh, I mean, we're going to get the inheritance. Spinglewald is going to try and sell a chandelier to the fence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fingle Dan looks down at you. Hello. What's this? Hello. Uh, scuttles along. Currently 11 legs. Holding a chandelier. Uh, obviously above their head the, the, he's, he's only three foot tall so uh, I heard that you could uh, you were able to dispose of, of things uh, in a subtle and effective oh, well my dear that is what I am known for excellent yes. eye stalks by the way yes oh thank you yes, yes. yes. Um, uh, waggles Fingle Dan raises wiggles, wiggles <laughs> their own eye stalks Fingle Dan wiggles back Ooh, wiggle wiggle what yeah, an amazing it's... conversation yes it is <laughs> So, uh, where'd you get this chandelier from? Let me have a peek. And Fingledan raises a couple of his shades and leans in to look at the chandelier. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's yeah. just a very nice chandelier. Oh, looks Good. a bit, uh, not quite the best crystal, eh? He taps one. No? Well, you know, it's what you can find on a haunted space station. Yes, but, uh, you know, we're going to be arrivals soon, aren't we? So, uh... Perhaps might as well profit. After afterwards, try me again, and uh, oh, well, it's not a very beneficial chandelier, then, is it? Oh, oh, <laughs> it wanders off carrying a chandelier. Hotly. <laughs> Sidebar as uh, Bathin sort of nudges Contessa und- underscore and says, "Hang on a minute, isn't that the chandelier from the Bridge of the Terpsichore Vaunt?" <laughs> oh, Spinglewald! Uh, light-fingered alien. Hang on, both of my horse companions have gone off to chat up the centaur herd, but not the one you would think. <laughs> the, the squid? The squid. Into tentacles, are they? Uh, I'm going to choose not to narrate that. You <laughs> <laughs> can all just imagine it. Um, as, as Grant says, sometimes you can just say there's a story you're not interested in telling. <laughs> you know? I mean... I could tell that story, but not in this format. <laughs> that will be Patreon-only content. Uh, it's, a, it's a 15k word slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the whole thing is censored. <laughs> As we've all just disembarked, uh, just before the party moves off, I turn with my like uh, wireless keys and do that like doop doop like lock of the <laughs> erogenous zone. But instead of doop doop, it goes ooh yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, yes. okay. I hate that you had that installed. Well, <laughs> you should have turned up to the garage when I had it serviced and you'd have had a choice. <laughs> I was sleeping inside. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> All right. The main door's open and out steps Castiel Germain. He has the most amazing silver quiff. He looks elegant. He looks pleasant. He has a neon suit. And he says, off we go. Let's, uh, come in, come in. Let's, uh, shove you all in here. <laughs> and, uh, yes, once you're all inside, I'm going to set a timer 
for 12 hours, because, you know, it, he said survive a night, but, sir, uh, we're in space, so I will check back on you, and we'll see how you've done, won't we? Yes. Quick question. Yes. Are there any canapes? Ooh, great question. Oh, I was assuming that you would have eaten before you arrived, because this is, you know, more of a challenge than a party. Oh, I did. But you can always use canapes. Got a point. Mm. Tell you what, if you find any food, it's yours. I'll take it. Ah, <laughs> excellent. In you go. And uh, Castiel sort of hustles everyone inside. I love... I, sorry, the, with with your mime, I like the idea. With hustle, you're just like slapping people's asses as they go in. Like, get it, go! Yeah. That's actually very. It's a very complicated maneuver because those asses are all over the place. Yes, <laughs> so many shapes, sizes, heights, fences, <laughs> fences. Uh, the risk of splinters, everything. All right, everyone is spanked indoors, and uh... <laughs> there goes our maturating. If you can say masturbatory, then I can say spank. It's true. So, and Castiel stands in the doorway, and he says, Well, see you anon. Presses a button, the doors close, and you are in darkness. Ooh, a chandelier, quickly. Quickly. <laughs> you can summon them, right? I was Just... going to say, like, I, I turn a light switch, and there's chandeliers the whole way down the down the corridor that happens yeah oh, the chandeliers light up the abandoned space station there is uh, rust coloured stains all over the place there are some compartments with busted in doors there are some compartments with barricaded doors as if they were trying to keep something inside as soon as the lights come on there's a strange ghostly whooshing through the vents Ooh, a whooshing a whooshing oh it's <laughs> Well, perfectly good time for a nap, I think. Ra-ra, spingle-spangle, looks you up and down, and then looks away, and she says, Come on, crew, let's let's get out of here. And she and her band turn the nearest corner and make their way away. And one by one, the other crews do so as well, until the four of you, well, the four of you plus your companions... So, so like the 12 of, of us. Of, yeah. <laughs> so there's like 12 of you are left alone. And um, I think we will end the episode there. Beautiful. Yes. Gorgeous. Okay. All right. Well. Smashing. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Come back next week to see what shenanigans start to begin on this dreadfully haunted space station that in no way is going to lead to romance <laughs> romance and flirty parties definitely not <laughs> right see you later then bye, bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 international license today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger to subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord, or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening.
okay, so I'm going to do a little three to one thingy because um, that's how Alex does it. So uh, three, t- two. You gotta keep the tone. <laughs> it's gotta be a rhythm. Everyone. It's gotta three, be a rhythm. Two, you don't go like, three, three. That, was that was a practice one. That was a Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun! And see you later.